Welcome to the Plant-Based Canada podcast. Join us as we talk to the experts to explore the field of nutritional sciences and how our food choices impact our health and the environment. We sit down with doctors, dietitians, athletes, and various fields to break down the evidence behind a whole foods plant-based diet and discuss the practical steps we can take in the effort to shift towards a healthier lifestyle. My name is Stephanie Nishi, and today I am joined by Mikhail Gusev from Bicado to talk about the moral dilemma that may arise when those who follow plant-based lifestyles are faced with feeding animal products to their omnivorous dogs and carnivorous cats, and about the considerations and science surrounding the alternative plant-based options available. Mikkel graduated from the University of Toronto as a mechanical engineer, then several years later received an MBA from the Schulich School of Business. Mikkel became vegan in 2014 and channeled his compassion for animals into Vicado, a vegan pet food company. Now this came with a lot of thought and consideration, as Mikkel explored in-depth the suitability of vegan pet food for dogs and cats through research and speaking with leading veterinarians in Canada and in the United Kingdom. Outside of work, Mikhail is a big volleyball enthusiast and likes spending time in Thailand and other tropical countries. He was actually in Thailand when we recorded this episode, and he is always on the lookout for delicious vegan restaurants and cafes. Mikhail, thank you so much for joining the Plant-Based Canada podcast today. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be chatting about a topic that has received quite a bit of interest as well as a little bit of controversy. So let's delve into it. The topic surrounds the situation regarding people like ourselves who avoid eating animal products tend to also be people who care for animals and may share their homes with animal companions. And this often leads to a moral dilemma that may arise when we're faced with what do we feed our animal companions, especially considering dogs are considered to be omnivorous and cats coniferous. And one option that has come to the market to alleviate this conflict is to feed pets a diet devoid of animal ingredients, such as a plant-based or vegan diet. However, there's been some reservations or concerns such as related to the nutritional adequacy and the safety. So our first question, just to delve into it, is is a vegan diet actually safe for a pet's health? Yeah, there's a, there's been quite a bit of controversy and a lot of people are worried whether or not it's a safe path to, to choose. And uh, uh, in, in short, yes, uh, if if the balance if if the diet is balanced and complete so you have to understand that uh if you were to feed a cat or a dog with just uh cucumbers tomatoes or 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 salad then that wouldn't constitute a a properly balanced diet and uh, a cat or dog would uh, would soon get sick and die prematurely so this does not constitute a properly balanced uh, plant-based diet However, if you were to provide all the nutrients that cats require uh, or dogs require from plant-based ingredients, then there's absolutely no problem with, uh, with the nutritional completeness and uh, the animals would be getting all the nutrition they need without any health problems. 
So it sounds like it's more about the nutritional quality than the actual source of where those nutrients originally came from. Can you speak a little bit more about that? I know that there's been some discussions about the ratio of carbohydrates compared to proteins and fats in a plant-based type of diet for pets. So how does that work in the pet food world? Well, there are leading uh, veterinarians and scientists who have uh, researched this topic extensively. And uh, their main message to uh, everyone who is considering plant-based diets is to understand that it's about the nutrients that are contained in the food as opposed to the ingredients that are used to make the food. So as long as the right nutrients are present, it does not matter where those nutrients are coming from, whether it's a flesh-based diet or a plant-based diet. But the, the nutrients... Uh, a complete sort of nutrients must be pre- present regardless of the source. Now, in terms of uh, the percent, the, the, the proportion of, of uh, carbohydrates and uh, and proteins, each product, each uh, pet food product has a has a nutritional label, right? It's got the breakdown of uh, all the nutrients, proteins, fats, and uh, whatever is left are basically the carbohydrates. Right, and uh, if you look at the protein levels of vegan diets and compare them with uh, meat-based diets, they are the same or greater. For example, some of the um, more popular formulas are, for example, from Evolution Diet, and uh, their protein level is about thirty uh, percent for cats, and uh, that's uh, more than required according to nutritional standards. So, cats eating a nutritionally balanced food or from, uh, for example, evolution diet, are getting more proteins than they would from a meat-based diet. And so the carbohydrates that they're getting are less than what they would be getting on a regular meat-based diet because the carbs are not shown on the label. It's basically the the difference of what's left. That's the carbs, right? Mm -hmm. So if there is more protein than in the meat-based diet, then there is less carbs. And so... Again, it's 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 about the nutritional value, and the carb should not worry anyone who is considering because the amount of protein and the fat is uh, is designed in a very similar manner as the meat-based formulas. So there's a standard. So there's a standard in North America called AFCO, uh, and there's a standard uh, in Europe uh, called FEDIAF, and those are two bodies that kind of look after the nutritional composition of uh, of foods for pets, for cats and dogs. And so and so formulas are designed uh, in relation to those two standards, whether it's meat-based formula or plant-based formula, the amount of protein is designed per the standard. So there's nothing missing. Okay, you brought up a lot of interesting points there. First thing that I want to touch on, I believe the evolution diet relates to a product from or product line from your company, which we'll get into a little bit later. But first, you mentioned that pet food has a nutrition facts table, which sounds very similar to human food. And you mentioned regulations such as AFCO, which I believe stands for the American Association of Feeding Control Officials. And my apologies, I'm not quite sure what the European acronym stands for. But it sounds like that there's specific nutrient compositions and regulation requirements. So do plant-based pet foods have to follow similar sort of regulations as what's known as conventional 
pet foods? And are these strictly regulated? And how are these regulated? Uh, different countries have different uh, pet food regulations. So um, we operate um, primarily in Canada and the United States. Uh, regulations are similar. And some of the formulas that we import are from Europe. So there are a couple of brands from the UK, from Italy. And in Europe, uh, regulations are slightly different. So depending on the geography depends uh, how strict the country is about their pet food laws. In Canada, for example, the pet food regulations are pretty low in the sense that you don't have to register, you don't have to uh, provide any sort of certification. So uh, it's relatively loose. Uh, it's, not, it's not nearly as strict as, for example, uh, human standards mm -hmm. of food. Nevertheless, uh, all the producers that are uh, producing uh, plant-based formulas, they're looking up to different standards, like I mentioned previously. So it's one thing that it's not required to be up to the standard, uh, but it's highly encouraged. And uh, plant-based uh, companies, they diligently follow because there is so much controversy about it. And if you, if, if you don't follow the, the requirements, then it's just going to fire back at you. So uh, plant-based companies, plant-based manufacturers especially, they want to ensure that everything is present in, in the food. And so, for example, AFCO, uh, they have uh, requirements for different life stages. For example, mm. there's a requirement for puppies and lactating dogs and cats, right? And they have a higher nutritional requirement because the body is growing or the body is giving, right? Uh, for adult dogs, there's another set of requirements a slightly lower set of uh, amount of protein that required and different proportions of nutrients. Uh, there's also a set of requirements for senior dogs. So that's why when you buy a bag of kibble, it usually says like for which life stage that uh, formula is designed for. In, in the US, it's a little more strict in terms of following the regulations. In Europe, it's even more strict uh, to follow the regulations. Uh, but regardless of that, uh, like I said, all plant-based uh, manufacturers that we work with, they, they adhere to the regulations depending on their jurisdiction. That makes sense because it sounds like because it's a potentially controversial topic, there may be more eyes or people looking at it and you want to ensure the safety of not only the pet companions, but also that the individuals feeding their loved ones are confident in what they're giving their pets. Yes, for sure. So you mentioned that there's different formulations for different age groups and one of the common concerns that came up when I was researching this topic was that for plant-based food for dogs and cats is whether it's natural, especially in situations where people feel that certain nutrients need to be added back into the pet food, such as specific amino acids, such as taurine, vitamins, or minerals. What would you say to this? And what is the process? And should there be concerns or should there not? I guess I would start that uh, I would start with the, with just describing the fact that the regular the mainstream uh, pet food is uh, designed with the uh, with the uh, the very same uh, supplements that are used in uh, plant based diets. So, for example, you mentioned uh, uh, amino acid taurine and uh, the natural taurine that's used in the production of uh, meat based diets uh, gets baked out. So the 
the producers, they have no choice but to reintroduce uh, taurine, synthetic taurine into the meat-based diets. So over 90 or 99% of the meat-based formulas out there, they are supplemented formulas. And if you look at the back of the, of the bag, you'll see a list of ingredients that are there. And uh, you'll see that they are like maybe 60% of all of the ingredients that are made in the lab. They're synthetics. They're not of uh, like they're not part of a potato or or bone. They come through supplementation, and so, and largely that is because uh, the pet food manufacturers who produce meat-based formulas they want to ensure that their food is in compliance with the regulations. For example, Afco and Periaf that we spoke about earlier, and so that's why there is such a such a long list of ingredients at the back of the bag. Now. Uh, is that natural? Mm, perhaps not. But at the same time, the vast majority of people who use meat-based formulas, they're okay with that, right? And uh, people want to make sure that their dogs get everything they need. And so nobody questions that. Now, when we look at a plant-based formula, like I said, it's also designed in accordance to the same set of regulations. And so that's why when you look at a vegan formula, you'll see pretty much exactly the same ingredients, except for they're from plant-based sources, right? So at the, at, the, at the back of a plant-based formula, you'll see a list of ingredients of about 40 ingredients. Why? Well, because it has to comply with the pet food regulations as well. And except uh, bone and broth and uh, whatever else you might have in a meat-based formula, you have uh, clean plant-based ingredients, which uh, don't have most of the... Uh, negative things that come with meat-based uh, byproducts. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned taurine, which I believe is one of the amino acids that cats are unable to um, synthesize within their body. So they require a direct resource. And um, the example of taurine, it, also, it kind of reminds me of the example of just like fortification of human food, how we add nutrients to our own human food to help ensure that it contains specific nutrients that our body may need, whether that's for public health initiatives or supplemented um, in different ways. So it was just an interesting analogy for me coming from a human perspective and seeing, oh, similar things are applied in the animal world as well. Oh, like vitamin B12, for example, for humans. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, exactly. Very, very similar concept. Cats, they uh, cannot uh, generate, they cannot synthesize their own taurine. It has to come from their diet. Uh, dogs can synthesize taurine, but it's still recommended that taurine is supplemented for cats especially and for dogs as well. And yeah, it's it's much like a B12 supplement for humans. Uh, you take a little bit of B12 and you're fine. <laughs> same same for, for cats and dogs. You supplement it to their food. And, um, and that same synthetic taurine is added to meat-based diet as well. So... Everybody, all, all, all cats and dogs, regardless of their diet, get supplemented taurine in their in their diets. What about you? Mentioned that you had different food formulations for different life stages, but what if this is a new concept? But you've had um, a dog or a cat as part of your family for quite a while, and you're thinking of transitioning your dog or cat from a conventional to a plant based or a vegan pet food. 
Can this be done directly? For instance, one day your pet is being fed a conventional pet food and the next it's changed to a plant-based food? Or is there a transition period or other factors that need to be taken into account and done to aid in this process? Yes, there are several factors to consider when you transition a pet to a plant-based diet, but they're not very different from taking your pet from one meat-based formula to another meat-based formula. Whenever there is a switch in a diet, there is a certain transition period, right? Okay. And so it's not different when you're transitioning to a plant-based diet. Usually the transition takes from 7 to 14 days. And during that period, uh, you want to introduce the new food gradually. So you have a little bit of the old product, and then you start adding a little bit of the new. And as you progress through the transition period, then you increase the amount of the new product until the time when you are only left adding the new product. And uh, for most uh, dogs and cats, the transition goes fine. There are multiple formulas that they can try. There are multiple wet foods that they can try during the transition. Flavor is a very, flavor, palatability, the smell are very important factors for cats and dogs. And so there, there's a variety uh, of different uh, vegan foods out there, which can be experimented with to find the right one that the cat or dog actually likes. And uh, during the transition period, there are certain uh, flavor boosters that can be used. For example, nutritional yeast for pets. Mm -hmm. It's a powder that is uh, very helpful during the transition because it has a very potent uh, cheesy smell. It's it's a, <laughs> It's, it's like regular nutritional yeast, but it's not flaky. It's like a powder. And uh, you just sprinkle a little bit of, of it on, on, the, on the food, and it starts uh, having this strong, cheesy smell. And dogs and cats, they like the smell, and they go for the food, even if their uh, taste buds are not necessarily familiar with the new food yet. But after a while, they get used to it. They're, there's a, an ad adoption period when they adopt to the new flavor their their tongue gets reprogrammed a little bit during that process and uh, most uh, cats and dogs transition successfully and if one formula didn't work for example there are so many others to try to make sure that uh, it works and uh, the cat or the dog accepts the new food so uh, what also helps during the transition is adding uh, digestion enzymes so enzyme miracle prozyme plus they're all plant-based uh, digestion enzymes and they help assimilating the uh, the plant-based food a little bit better because uh, again the bodies uh, especially if it's a it's an older dog or cat so their body is used to a certain diet those are digestive enzymes they help with the transition to help the body adopt to a plant-based diet so these are some of the uh, some of the uh, things that that are recommended when transitioning and also the older the pet uh, mm -hmm. the longer the transition can take. So it's just uh, that period to trans. So of course it's uh, best to, uh, to, to start with a, with a puppy or a kitten when, uh, uh, when they're just, uh, just, just starting out, just have them have a, a vegan diet. Uh, but later on, uh, transition is completely possible, whether the cat or dog is, um, 10 years old or in some cases, 15 years old, the transition is still possible. It just takes a little bit longer. 
It sounds like it's just trying to figure out what formulation your pet may prefer in terms of the flavor and what other, whether it's the nutritional yeast or some other factors that can help with the process to make it feel more appetizing to them as they right. change from one flavor to the next. Yeah, it's like it's like when I, for example, when I uh, became vegan, I, it also took some time for me to find the uh, the new foods that I like. Similar mm -hmm. here, your your pet, your dog, your cat also needs some time to find what they like. <laughs> exactly. You mentioned um, digestion or the use of digestive enzymes. I was wondering, are there differences between conventional pet food and plant-based pet food in terms of how it's digested within a pet's body and also the bioavailability of the different nutrients or is that relatively similar? There are a couple of studies uh, that I've that I came across about the digestibility and bioavailability. And uh, one study spoke about, uh, it compared how easily different uh, plant-based sources are assimilated within the body, right? And so there was corn, soy, a couple of other ones, and uh, their digestibility values were actually uh, as good or better than of uh, meat and bone. Well, bone is pretty hard to digest, uh, mm -hmm. but still, overall, uh, if you compare if you compare how easily the plant-based ingredients are uh, digested, uh, it's very much on on the same level as meat and bone. So, uh, cats and dogs they can digest plant-based ingredients, and uh, uh, an even better test uh, and confirmation of that is that if it wasn't digesting properly, then uh, thousands of cats and dogs out there that are already vegan that would have digestion problems but none of them do and they're and they're very comfortable without like actually using the enzymes day to day they just have a vegan plant-based diet um, without any issues and there are several generations of cats and dogs that have been vegan without any digestion problems as a matter of fact Many of uh, our customers, as well as uh, people that we've been in touch with, reported that the stool consistency has improved, um, mm. the energy level has improved. Also, uh, in terms of just like the body odors, uh, they all improved. So uh, vegan diets have really, really interesting and very positive uh, benefits for dogs and cats. And it's not just digestion. From digestion perspective, as soon as the transition is accomplished and the body, okay, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy with says I'm happy with the food. Then everything else after that is fine. And uh, cats uh, live a long and cats and dogs live a long happy lives on plant-based diets. And there have been some studies to that end as well. I think some of the studies that you may be referring to, if I remember correctly, um, there's a researcher, Dr. Andrew Knight from the UK and his colleagues. They've published a, a couple of papers, one most recently in PLOS One that was published in 2022. And they were looking at indicators of health in dogs fed vegan versus meat-based dog food. And they actually found that there are data indicates that the healthiest and the least hazardous dietary choice for dogs are nutritionally sound vegan diets. And 
even that surprised me a little bit just because I've been used to hearing, oh, dogs are omnivores, they're used to eating animal products. But um, some of the research that has been coming out there is showing that the health status of dogs and cats can be along similar lines. Is this similar research that you've been finding as well? Yes, and uh, yes, I'm familiar with the research by Andrew Knight that you're mentioning. There's also another piece of research uh, by uh, uh, Dr. Sarah Dodd, you might have heard of her. Mm-hmm. And so she, uh, she uh, in 2021, also uh, did a study on cats and longevity of cats. And basically, the way she uh, started the study is from the perspective uh, that her, her hypothesis and her team's hypothesis that was that cats on a vegan diet live shorter lives. That was her kind mm-hmm. of entry into the topic. You know, they're carnivores, they eat plant-based, they're going to live shorter lives. But this study could not confirm that hypothesis. So they did, uh, they examined uh, approximately a thousand cats, uh, maybe 1300 cats from Canada uh, or in the US. It was a, it was a customer reported data. And so out of uh, those 13 or 1400 cats, about uh, 150 or 200, I can't remember exactly, were, mm-hmm. uh, were, were cats on a plant-based diet. So the vast majority were meat-based cats, uh, meat-based diet cats, and the other ones were plant-based. And so there's still like, there's a significant number, like 200 uh, vegan cats and over a thousand, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's many cats. It's not like a couple of cats to just try to, that's a lot of cats. And so, they analyze different parameters, different uh, different uh, occurrences of uh, of illnesses. Uh, they analyze the body scores, how how lean or fat cats are. Uh, they looked at uh, kidney health. They looked at um, eye health. They looked at um, just like uh, overall psychological factors. Does the cat seem happy or is it always anxious? And uh, there weren't there weren't that many differences found between just the cats fed a meat-based diet and the plant-based diet. But actually, uh, across, across across the spectrum, uh, cats on a plant-based diet scored a little bit better uh, on each of those parameters. And in terms of longevity, uh, cats on a plant-based diet, they lived just as long or longer than cats on a, on a meat-based diet. So that was a very surprising fact. And the initial hypothesis that the researchers have made that vegan cats live shorter lives was not justified. The data just didn't show that. It's always so interesting to see what the data actually tells us, especially if we go in with a certain hypothesis and being like, okay, based on what we know previously, this is what is expected. But then the data shows something differently that it's like, okay, it's opening up new doors and new questions to delve into. Along these lines, it seems like the realm of research in this area is still emerging. And from a scientific perspective, what are some of the key considerations and questions that you would like future research to address or that you think people may still have concerns about that you think we need more data to show evidence for? Uh, there's like there, there's never enough evidence. There's always somebody questioning the research. And the f- future research is uh, very, very much necessary because the questions about the validity of data 
they always come up, especially for someone who's just starting to research this field and maybe they're considering, oh, maybe uh, I'm vegan myself, maybe I, w I should have my cat or dog be vegan as well. And they're looking on the internet and they're looking at all the debates that are happening out there. And so uh, the more research uh, on the topic that can be found, the better. Uh, but at the same time, there should be more initiatives out there that basically explain the concept of vegan food to people in simple terms. So just much like the, the scientific research is needed, there should be uh, also the, the outreach, just like um, more, more interactions with people just asking simple questions. Because uh, if, you, if you try looking for the information, maybe as you've discovered for yourself, there's quite a bit of controversy, no matter mm -hmm. you look there, you look here, you look here, and there's there are different opinions and uh, different uh, there are veterinary opinions there are scientific opinions there are there are pet guardian opinions and uh you don't know what to like really think of it so more clarity and more outreach and future scientific studies would definitely help with uh, sorting this out and one of the websites that I was perusing the articles on was actually your company's website. And as the founder of Vicado Plant-Based Pet Foods, I'm curious, how did you come to create this company in the first place? Was there a specific inspiration? No, it, it, there wasn't any specific inspiration, actually. Um, I, met, I met someone who, um, who was, uh, who was a, a vegetarian and they had a cat. And they just sincerely shared their concern for the fact that they uh, w they were not sure what to do. Uh, it uh, it wasn't consistent with their values, so they they wanted to uh, to be compassionate to animals, uh, but they had a, an obligate carnivore in their house, and so they simply shared the problem with me. And I thought about it. Well, there must be a solution, and so I started looking for for options on the market. Um, uh, one of the most uh, popular vegan cat food formulas right now is uh, Ami Cat Food. So I've uh, reached out to to the company. It's actually in Italy. It was mm -hmm. quite a quite a, a two year journey for me to actually bring some of their products into Canada. Um, but eventually, uh, we added more products, more options for cats and for dogs, and just gradually it grew. But it started with uh, with uh, my friend's uh, sincere uh, inquiry into this. He just wanted to know if it's possible. And uh, I heard him and I acted on it. That's how it happened. <laughs> so he's taking those steps, though. And you mentioned Italy and bringing a product from Italy to Canada. And I'm wondering, are vegan and are plant-based pet food products that are available on the market and in demand globally, are they specifically coming from certain countries or are there certain countries that have a greater demand for these products at the moment? In Europe, there is a high demand in Europe, high demand in Canada, in the US for sure, Australia. Um, Asia is waking up to, uh, to vegan pet food, but I'd say uh, Europe, North America, Australia are the leading countries in terms of demand for vegan pet food. Okay. And for this demand and these countries that have this interest in it, what has been your experience or your perspective about pet guardians' attitudes and 
feeding practices overall to your company, whether or not they're vegan or vegetarian? And have you noticed any changes over time? In terms of customers' perspectives onto vegan pet food? Yeah, both in terms of perhaps the people who are reaching out to you for products, or have you noticed changes in what people may be looking for, or just a growth in the change or modifications in what individuals are interested in, in terms of pet food? I'd say one constant theme uh, throughout the years is uh, reassurances. People uh, want to uh, know that the food is safe. So it's still like in people's mind, it's still a relatively large shift to go from meat-based diet for an obligate carnivore or uh, or non-obligate carnivore. Um, and so even, even after they transition, even after a year or two, they still want to have the peace of mind. So that's why when, uh, for example, new research comes in, we're always uh, eager to share the findings of the research because so far the new research that we've been <laughs> seeing is always positive about vegan pet food. Yeah, it works, it's great. And so we're always eager to uh, to learn more about that and to share with, uh, with our customers and with anybody who is uh, looking for more information on the topic. And so, yeah, so that's the, the reassurances theme has been a, a very constant theme since the time we started. We started in 2014. And so that didn't change. People are still want to know. And uh, not only research that helps them, also when when they uh, they get reassurances from from visiting veterinarians. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ha we've had lots and lots of feedback uh, from after the visit to the vet. And uh, in uh, most cases, um, veterinarians were surprised to find out the cat or the dog is in such a great health. All the parameters that they check for, for example, in a blood test were uh, right, right, right on the money. Right? They were, they were like showing, uh, and uh, at certain age of the animal, you'd see like certain uh, deviation from, from those uh, uh, blood parameters. Uh, and uh, the vets just didn't see them for, for our, uh, customers' dogs and cats, and they were very surprised. And so that's another uh, reassurance, uh, type of reassurance that um, our customers would like to, to see. Maybe a little more acceptance. So now uh, the topic has been, uh, has been also uh, discussed quite a bit. There's more research than in 2014. So customers are opening up to that. And also just the overall uh, spread of veganism um, it's it's uh, it's not staying still. More and more people are getting involved and changing their their dietary styles, and so um, the vegan pet food is also becoming more mainstream and more acceptable. Along with the themes of acceptance, reassurance, as well as the veterinarian's perspective, I believe on the Vicado's website, there's actually a list of veterinarians in Canada and the United States that support plant-based diets for dogs. Now, did these veterinarians play a role in the formulation of the products or how did they come to be supportive? Did they find out from individuals bringing in their pets to their practice or how did this come about uh, each veterinarian has their own story how they came into the world of vegan pet food i've personally met uh, dr sarah dodd and so uh, vegan pet food has been her her interest uh, since uh, since the grad school and so 
and so she, her thesis was about that. Uh, and so a lot of the work she's doing is, is focused exclusively on, on the topic. It looks like a growing list on your website of different veterinarians that appear to be supportive, whether it's for ethical implications or health or just providing an alternative option for individuals who want to go this route, especially for those who may follow plant-based practices or are vegetarian and vegan. And you yourself mentioned that you're vegan. Um, what's your plant-based story? It was not a gradual transition, like we recommend. Uh, it was a very abrupt choice. Uh, just one day I decided not to uh, eat uh, meat-based products. Um, and that was the end of it. <laughs> very <laughs> abrupt and uh, very, very much cold turkey, I guess. And so um, it's a strange yeah, phrase just, for the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've just, uh, I, I've, uh, I guess, realized a little bit more like what's happening behind the scenes in the meat and poultry industry. Uh, was shocked and uh, didn't want to accept that. I realized the the choices that I make do matter. And so um, my first step towards kind of uh, helping resolve the problem was to change my dietary habits. And then I, uh, I came across my friend that I mentioned earlier and uh, that uh, desire to help other animals uh, became Vicado. Right? So we started helping um, people making smarter choices about uh, the, the vegan diet for their cats and dogs. And you've been in business, from what I understand, since 2014. So it's been quite a while. So congratulations on that. Yeah. It's hard to maintain a business, especially in this economy. So it's great to hear. And this was a fun fact just from my own going into things. Ricardo, to what I understand, it actually means vegan cats and dogs. So there is a meaning behind the name of your company. Yeah. Yeah, and it also sounds like avocado. And in <laughs> French, in French, it also uh, sounds like cadeau. Cadeau means uh, a gift. Yep. Yeah, so multiple ways to look at it. <laughs> Bringing in the international perspective in addition to everything else. Right. Are there any topics or any potential concerns that you think listeners should? be aware about or know or that you think that they would benefit from having more information on that we haven't already covered today? I think if uh, people do start exploring the, talk of, of the topic of plant-based diet, uh, they will be uh, pleasantly surprised to find out that A, their cats and dogs actually like the flavor, B, that uh, their, their dogs and cats will be nicer they're like uh, more well behaved their health will improve and uh, the switch to plant-based diet will have uh, uh, like a lifelong positive uh, implications on their health so i advise everybody who is considering plant-based diet to be brave to research take a, a online assessment uh, just find out more about it and uh, take the first step and uh, they will not regret it. It's a, it's a, it's a really good thing. It, it will really help uh, them improve the health of their loved uh, furry friends, as well as the well-being of uh, farm animals. And many people may think, oh, it's a dilemma, right? I either choose the health of my pet 
or I choose the well-being of farm animals. But after so much time spending in the field of plant-based diets, I can reassure everyone that they don't have to choose one or the other. They can have both. They can have the health. They can give health for their cats and dogs, as well as support the well-being of farm animals. It's not a or. It's not or. It's and. So that's something that I'd like them really to, to think about and be brave to take the first step. That's always nice to hear that even if we feel in some situations that we're stuck in only making one decision, there are other options out there and we can find ourselves finding solutions to these potential dilemmas that we may face in our lives. And Mikkel, would you like to share where people may be able to find out more about yourself and your company? Uh, we have uh, two websites. Uh, one of them is called vicado.ca, V-E-C-A-D-O.ca, and uh, vicado.com. So .ca for, for Canada and .com for, for the U.S. and international. And we have interesting articles about, um, about plant-based nutrition. We've got an article about uh, Vegan Cats 101, just the introduction into the topic. Uh, we have interesting um, uh, tools, for example, um, the online assessment where you would uh, answer a few questions about about your dog or your cat and uh, the assessment would suggest whether a plant-based diet is uh, appropriate or not maybe there are some considerations that you might need to uh, to think about uh, we have fun quizzes that are expanding the topic uh, that talk about uh, myths and facts of uh, plant-based nutrition uh, and we offer a variety of different products. We have uh, kibbles uh, for cats, for dogs. We have a uh, wet food. Uh, we have nine varieties of different uh, cat food and toppers. Uh, lots of um, treats. And um, yeah, there's lots to explore. But uh, yeah, I think the, the first step is to just to, to, to explore the field, to, to see what's out there and uh, be open-minded about it. Thank you so much for that. And Mikhail, thank you so much for joining the Plant-Based Canada podcast today. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me here. This episode was hosted by myself, Stephanie Nishi, and Clint Stamatovich is our audio engineer. This podcast featured royalty-free music from freesound.com. A very special thanks to our guest, Mikhail Gusev, for speaking with us and sharing his insights. And of course, thank you for listening. The Plant-Based Canada podcast is an initiative of the group Plant-Based Canada, which aims to educate health professionals and the public on the evidence behind plant-based whole food nutrition for individual and planetary health. To learn more about the show, visit our website at www.plantbasedcanada.org and stay up to date by following us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at plantbasedcanada.org. Until next time.